This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Well, many of us like to complain when it rains day after day. It's dreary, it's gray, it's wet. We get tired of it. But it can be a lot more than just inconvenient for a lot of people. Already this month, we've seen rock slides in parts of British Columbia. We saw a couple of homes in an area near Salmon Arm destroyed in a landslide. Vehicles caught up in a slide back on April 17th. And evacuation orders issued for several homes near Caslow after a mudslide there as well. So is it out of character for this time of year or is it the conditions that we're looking at? Dwayne Tennant, Tennant, sorry, is an engineering professor who teaches rock and soil mechanics and terrain modeling at the University of British Columbia at the Okanagan campus. And he joins us on the line now. Dwayne Tennant, thank you so much for being here. A pleasure. Uh, Is it a worse year because of all the rain for potential rock slides, landslides, what have you? Um, I think this year is probably a little bit worse than, for example, last year. We had a wonderful spring last year, a little bit drier and warmer. Um, But yeah, we've had a lot more rain, and that's certainly contributing to some of these um, events that you mentioned. Uh, And so what exactly uh, is causing them, or do we know? Well, um, yeah, we we know. It's uh, gravity (laughs) and water. You mix the two together on steep terrain and and with um, gradual weathering processes that occur, the uh, soil and the rock becomes unstable. And, and with that extra rainfall saturating the ground, um, that triggers the failure. Uh, and have we been able or, or have we become better at uh, mapping out the areas uh, that are most prone or that uh, w- would be most likely uh, to see these types of events? Um, I think we have improved our ability to to do that, but whether we've acted on that is a, is a different question. Um, you know, we've had some fatalities in this province associated with um, landslides, and um, as a result of that, we've had um, government reports being issued and recommendations being made and, 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 and guidance for landslide risk management coming out. But we have to take that and translate it into action, and that takes um, the right training uh, for, of people, and it takes the... Uh, right budgets to actually pay for that uh, mapping. Um, Is there one particular event? Uh, I know people will remember uh, the the fatal slide that we saw at Johnson's Landing some years ago. Uh, Was that the event or was there one particular event where we were able to learn from it or do better mapping and that kind of thing? Well, the Johnson um, Creek um, event or Johnson's Landing event at Gar Creek certainly um, triggered um, a review of landslide landslide management um, practices in this province. Uh, particularly from a um, from a provincial government perspective, given that um, the event originated on Crown land, and that then resulted in um, so that was in 2012, and then 2014, uh, really as a direct result of that event, um, the uh, province issued a, a landslide risk management guidelines, um, primarily to those um, involved in making decisions on Crown land, and then our mis- municipalities, um, you know, they're they're becoming sensitive to this as well. I mean, there was an event um, a few years ago in North Vancouver that resulted in fatalities. And so collectively, at the municipal level, and the regional district level, and at the provincial level, we're, we're gradually moving towards understanding what is required to manage risk associated with landslides. But we, I, I, my opinion, we're still a little bit... Um, uh, we haven't finished the cycle. We haven't actually enacted it and created the, the, the detailed maps that w- would be uh, necessary. 
Uh, is it the type of thing, too, that we can we can research and we can study and we can try and, and come up with the best mapping that's possible? But we are still talking about Mother Nature. We are still talking about, like you said, gravity, rain. Is it the type of thing where we couldn't possibly always know what's going to happen or, or what areas are most vulnerable? I think it's, it's a, a function of our population density. For example, I lived for um, six months in Switzerland where I was teaching a, a course there um, on risk management for geological hazards. And if you look at what happens in a country like Switzerland, which is similar you know, in terms of its terrain to British Columbia, the level of mapping that they have available is, is an order of magnitude better than what we have, but it's reflective of the um, higher population density as well. And is it a matter of, of, one, if we're talking about crown land, but also talking about such areas such as North Vancouver, about knowing where we've built places where there could be higher risk? Yes, and, and where we have these urbanized areas, and if, if the municipal engineers are um, sensitive and trained, um, they will require um, uh, detailed geotechnical hazard reports performed typically by consultants, and those will be required um, prior to a development permit being released, for example. So we have a mechanism in place to ensure that you know, the right people are looking at the hazards and making an assessment. Um, the problem, I think, in this province is we have so many people, particularly in the more rural areas, living in, in places where there was never any investigation whatsoever, and they're kind of grandfathered into the hazard, so to speak. And, and in that case, do you just uh, hope for the best? Uh, yes, uh, although uh, I think uh, there's, there's a level of, uh, of personal awareness of, of what um, hazards your home could be faced with. And, and so if, if you are aware of some of the features to watch for, you can sort of rely on yourself to kind of help protect um, against um, in, impending doom, so to speak. And, and some of the recommendations coming out of the... Um, out of the um, uh, Johnson Landing report were to um, have better um, resources, information, descriptions of, of the types of hazards and, and how do um, people both identify them and what are the appropriate responses to those. Uh, because it also is a certain amount of trust as well and trusting that uh, whoever okayed your home or a, a community to be built in a certain area did that testing and, and figured it out and deemed that it would be safe. I know in, in the case of the North Vancouver slide, there were a lot of questions as to why homes were built in an area where there had been fill used or that, that perhaps wasn't structurally safe. So you do kind of have to take that leap of faith and trust that that work has been done. That's, that's true, and, and, and in this province, um, you know, um, the Professional Engineering and Geoscience Association has, has created their own guidelines to make sure that the professionals providing the advice and, and, and recommendations are, are doing so at, at a consistent level. Um, and I, I would imagine that that's done fairly well. Um, where you are having these hazard assessments performed, there's a, there's a degree of uh, conservatism. Um, and I think the, the result is that the homeowner or the municipality or the transportation corridor is, is probably fairly well protected. It's, it's, it's where we don't have that performed yet. That's, that's a vast portion of this province. That's where probably the risks are, are present, but we don't even know that they're there because it hasn't been examined. And I would imagine it's going to be a long time before we map the entire province. A long time. <laughs> Very long time, yes.
<laughs> All right. Well, Dwayne, we'll have to leave it there, but I really appreciate uh, you joining us this morning. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Have a good day. You too. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.